The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Dr. Drayvon James and this is Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am super excited to have you here with us today as we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Our focus is on women helping women. My goodness, I don't think there's any greater cause on the earth. Uh, Women helping women. And we use peace. You know, we define peace as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. I hope that excites you as much as it excites me because it means that every woman can get to her happiest version of herself. No matter what her story has been, the wanted and the unwanted can be used to collectively create your happiest version of life. And we bring extraordinary guests along for the ride to help us on the journey to share their magnificent lives, their magnificent contribution to life, to augment our life. And today is no exception. We have a fabulous guest here with us. She's um, Julia Nicholson is an executive executive leadership expert, and she is the author of Move Forward Stronger, a dynamic framework to process change, loss, and grief I want to say right there, I could just stand up and shout and shake my hands in the air because who among us has not had to process change, loss, and grief? And if there's a way to do that, process that, and come out stronger, I want to know about it. I hope you want to know about it too. So without any further ado, I'm going to just bring on our guest, Julia Nicholson. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. James, for having me on. I'm very, very excited about this and what you're doing for all of your listeners. So thanks for having me. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for, for what you've done with the things that have shown up in your life, right? And I like to jump right in and um, get people excited about this because in our lives, there's this stuff happening all of the time. And a lot of it is really could be soul crushing, but we got a choice. So I want to start off at the very beginning. Give us just a little bit about your background and what led you to do this type of work. Sure, sure. Actually, um, I wound up being, quote unquote, an expert on loss and grief purely because of the loss and grief in my life. And I literally started by accident, if you will. At 18 years old, I was hit head on by a drug driver who was going at a high rate of speed and wound up trapped in the car unconscious and should have never lived uh, from that car accident. And I was a passenger. So I started going into this victim mentality and multiple surgeries later and many months later, I 
and was in a really dark place. You know, why did this happen to me? And why did this happen? And why now? And I'm only 18 and I didn't do anything wrong. And I'm a good person and, you know, really struggling in, in my faith and, and even wanting to live anymore. And that's really where my journey started, if you will, for experiencing just profound loss. And what do you do with that? And um, the overwhelming majority of the injuries were to my face. So it was very visible to the outside world that there had been something dramatic that happened in my life. But at 18, your looks are pretty important to you. And certainly... I wanted attention, but not the type of attention I was getting after that car accident. And from there, I uh, made a major life decision and decided to get married for all the wrong reasons. Not too long after the car accident, my physical injuries were healing, but the mental and emotional that I was carrying around with me was still devastating. I had lost my self-confidence. I had lost my, my sense of self. I had a lot of self-doubt. I had lost the will to live. And uh, this gentleman showed interest in me. And what did I do? I wound up making a decision to get married. And that turned out to be just as devastating as the car accident. And after experiencing five years of abuse in that marriage, I finally found the strength to file for a divorce, but not before it had once again destroyed what little self-confidence and self-esteem I'd managed to rebuild. But now I had a four-month-old and a three-year-old in addition to myself to take care of. And so that just gives you a little bit of background of from whence I have come to be able to get to the point where I've had a, a just unbelievable, improbable career. Within 12 years after my divorce, I was the CEO of a, of a very large multi-million dollar corporation and have not looked back since and literally just very thankful for all the blessings in my life and really found a way to take this unwanted loss and this unwanted change that's happened in my life and find a way to process it and literally to move forward stronger each time. And this book and what I'm doing right now is I pivoted away from the CEO role and being in the C-suite for the past 25 years, pivoted really to sharing this message of how are you able to process these things that you don't want to happen? And loss is so much more than, than the death of someone. And sometimes we forget about that. What about a divorce or the loss of a relationship or a pet or our job, our physical abilities, our health, our, our livelihood, our businesses, our anything that's important to us that we didn't want to change or didn't want to lose? And so it's now my passion and my life's purpose to answer that question that I've been asked so many times. How was I able to do what I've done in my career as well as in my personal life and raise two happy, healthy, beautiful, beautiful people? How was I able to do that? And that's what this book is. It's it's helping people using the exact same process and framework that I used to be able to process these changes in a productive way so that we don't get stuck in this debilitating sadness or anger or regret or depression. How can we use the things that come to us in our life, whether the things that we're excited about, we want to embrace, or those things that just bring us to our knees? How can we use all of those to our advantage to move forward stronger? And that's what this book is about. How was I able to do it? Because I asked, had so many people ask asked me that question over the years. And I literally felt compelled to be able to, to take a pivot and say, it is now the time for me to share how I was able to do that to help everybody else who's in that space of, is this as good as it gets? Is this all there is? And I want to make sure they know that the answer is no, there is something more just beyond where you currently are. It's right there waiting for you. I promise I've been where you are and I can help you get to where you want to be. Oh, 
Well, you got my full attention. I know you have the full attention of our listening audience. You said so many things. And I want to say, I'm looking at your gorgeous face. So you look beautiful. You've come through this with your your physical intact, but more importantly, your insides are intact. And that's really where it's at. That's where the healing has to be. It, you've done that and you've come here to share that. You've written a book to share that. So I'm honored to have you as our guest. And there was one thing that I picked up on the very beginning um, that you said you were in emotional pain, if you will, after your car accident. And in this vulnerable state, you made a life decision to partner with somebody and that that the internal pain that you were feeling drew an energy to you that brought external pain. That's right. That a lot is to be said in that, right? Yes. Absolutely. I think we don't realize we spend so much time and energy focusing on our external relationships, relationships with other people. And I think what we don't realize is that the most important relationship we will ever have is the relationship with ourself. And how do we make ourselves whole? How do we, how do we ensure that, I mean, that we talk to ourselves in no less of a way than we would talk to a friend, that we say things to ourselves in just as graceful and gentle and kind way as we would say to someone else, that we think of ourselves with as much grace and as much kindness as we would, would as we would to someone else. And we forget about that. And I know for me, I started focusing on these outward relationships when the inside relationship that I had with myself was destroyed. I had no self-confidence. I had no self-esteem. I had no energy, no focus, no purpose. I just wanted to be wanted, not recognizing that the most important person that I needed to have want me and be okay with me is me. Uh. So there we, there we go right there. We're talking about moving forward, moving forward. You had this car accident. You had this marriage that ended up um, producing these amazing children. So there's always some good in something, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and but you, you took these, um, what would be um, stumbling blocks, as you will. I talk about this in my book a lot, from stumbling blocks um, to, to stepping stones. Yes. You move forward stronger. And you created a dynamic framework, dynamic process um, for change. And because change is happening, right? We can't, we can't, we can't, we can't stand still no matter how much we want to. Change is happening. So and isn't it funny? We we know intuitively that change will happen, but when change happens, it surprises us like, why did it happen? Even though we know rational thinking. Um, so yes, we know change is going to happen. The, the challenge is we want it to happen on our time and the change we want, as opposed to, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I don't want to put my hand like, sister, you are so right, right? Because we want change to happen because, you know, we, but we, but we want it to happen. We don't want it to hurt. It frequently does. Yes. Right? It frequently does hurt. It's, there is, I will just use my own life. It is frequently associated with pain and this, and this um, resistance, right? Yes. And there is this need uh, constantly to remind myself and the people that I coach that, okay, where's the resistance coming from? Yes. You know, and I think one of the challenges is what, what, because there's so much conventional wisdom about change or loss is bad. And once you've experienced a loss, you will always experience some degree of grief. And there's this continual reinforcement in different models, different blogs, different articles, different. And I see this on a regular basis. And I think it, it literally 
tricks us into believing that these two are one and the same. If I've experienced some type of unwanted loss or change, and I have feelings of grief, whatever that is for you, maybe that's sadness, maybe that's depression, maybe that's anger, maybe that's anxiety, maybe that's guilt or blame or shame or judgment, whatever that means to you. We've been led to believe or convinced without ever questioning it that we will always have those same feelings because something happened in our life we didn't want to happen. And what I recognized early on is, no, grief are feelings and emotions, no different than happiness and joy. Why don't we get stuck in happiness and joy then as opposed to getting stuck in feelings of grief? And what I started to recognize is I can separate those two. When I have something that happens in my my life that I don't want to happen, some change, some adversity, some challenge, some hardship, that's all it is. It's an it. It happened. But what I choose to do with it and how I integrate it into my life and how I allow it to impact my life is a choice. And what I learned was that the only time I really ever grew and ever made more strides toward being more self-confident and determined and resilient and courageous was when I faced what happened head on and learned from it and then applied what I learned going forward. And each time I got more self-confident, I got more resilient, I got more courageous, I got more determined. And it's almost as if when we lean into these things that we are kind of taught to avoid and, oh, that's bad. Well, wait a minute. That's the only way I've been able to do what I have done. I've had so many people ask me, how is it that you're able to, to get to a CEO level and be successful in this position despite all of the things that you've had happen? And I said, you've got this wrong. I didn't get there in spite of what happened. I got there because of what happened. And I was able to learn from things each time to grow stronger and and more resilient, more determined. And I don't think I could have learned any of those skill sets or grown those skill sets without that. We don't really we don't really think about too much when things are going well and we're floating down the lazy river of good, but we really start to to learn and grow when we have to get unbalanced and it gets kind of shaky and it that's where our muscles get strong and the irony is we see that in nature all the time. Right? We look at these we look at these trees that grow stronger because they've struggled for water or grapevines that produce this amazing fruit purely because they struggled longer than any of those other vines, right? So nature teaches us that these struggles make us stronger, that grow us. But yet, if we try to avoid them, we don't have those experiences. And for me, looking at how do you get stronger? Well, you only get stronger when the wind blows strong and you have to learn how to stand in that wind. And this whole idea of you'd get knocked down 10 and you have to get back up 11. I say, yes, getting back up is important, but how you get back up is even more important because Mm. that dictates the quality of your life and your relationships, even with yourself going forward. So getting back up, fogging the mirror and slogging through each day, just trying to get through isn't much to look forward to. But if we get back up that 11th time and we are able to get back up stronger and more focused on what this can bring in a positive way, all of a sudden we've turned what's happened in our life that we didn't want to happen into something positive. And we use it as a stepping stone because each time an experience that we have, we are able to learn from, we do grow. And the interesting thing is we grow in every area, personally and professionally, and we bring that in every circumstance and situation that we encounter going forward. Wow. Yes. So how we get up. 
Yes. And this is and so what you said is so important because each and every person listening to this to this show today, our, our focus is on women helping women. But I know and you know when we help when one woman helps another woman, we help everybody. Yes. Same thing when yes. one man helps another man. So no difference there. But our voice resonates a lot with women in it. So but I know that every listener today has been victorious over whatever it was, or they wouldn't be listening today. That to yes. take a moment and think about that, receive that, know that's you, that you yes. are victorious. But here is the choice, and you made it, and you said it so nicely. How you choose to get up makes a difference. Yes. So let's it's just more, yes, yes, it's more than just that. getting up. Well, and I, I think that that we have so many of these. Uh, cliche statements about, you know, get knocked down 10, get back up 11, but they're all missing a key element of that. How do you get back up, right? What do you, what do you do with the experience that you just had? One of the things that I talk about in my book certainly is my strong faith. And I recognize that everyone has something that is their passion or their purpose, the reason to get up in the morning. Well, my faith impacted my journey because I had a strong belief in there is something better beyond where I currently am, as well as my belief that I am here for a reason. And it's not to slog through each day. It's not to to be miserable. It's not to just barely make it through the day and, and get up and do it all over again. And what I learned is that there is this framework and this, this that I used each time I encountered something that happened in my life I didn't want to happen. And what I started to learn early on is when I had these, these negative feelings, I started to think about, I, I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to live anymore. It was just so overbearing and overpowering. I had this slight shift that turned out to be probably one of the most important shifts that I've ever had in my life. And that is that thinking of, it's not that I don't want to live anymore. It's that I don't want to live like this anymore. And there's a big difference there. And the second piece is these things that happened in my life didn't happen to me. I'm not a victim. They happen. They just do. And I think they happen because they give us opportunities to learn and grow and to become stronger. And when we lean lean into them and we learn from them, as you said, women helping women, when we help ourselves become stronger, we help everyone else around us become stronger because they can draw from that strength. They can draw from that energy. And this framework that I lay out in my book is exactly that. We Once we learn this framework and we are able to apply it in our own lives to whatever it is that we encounter, and I give examples of significant events that can impact us for a lifelong journey, like the death of my husband or this traumatic car accident that I was injured and disfigured and should have not lived and an abusive marriage. But we can also use it in our environment, in our workday. What happens when we don't get that promotion? How do we show up? What happens when we lose that key team member that really made a big difference in our life? What happens when the boss that we loved walks out the door and now we're in this environment where we're unsure about our future? I mean, this is the same framework that we can use to grow and get something out of it. And I share basically five facets of this framework framework that makes a difference in every area of our life. And we can use it to help others, even if we're not experiencing something in our life that's dragging us down. There's somebody in our life who is. And how do we use this framework to help them and lift them up and help them grow stronger because it takes a village, right? None of us do this alone. We all do it together. That is so true. 
no matter where we are in our life, we are in two positions at one time. We're being helped and we are being a helper. Yes, absolutely. Either consciously or subconsciously, that's what's happening for us. But you said that, you know, these, um, I just want to go back for just one moment and and talk about, you know, um, the strong faith, right? Um, What do you, what do you need to have? You need to have a strong faith, a belief in something. Yes. That, you know, whatever that thing is for you. That's right. right. That's right. Then knowing, having this knowing that I am here for a reason, right? And that reason is not to suffer, right? Exactly. Um, There's a phrase that my cousin used to say all the time. She says, she used to say, well, suffering is optional, right? Yes. And and so she's a little bit older than me. And I would always think, well, is it? But really, you live long enough and you realize that things happen. It rains on the just and the unjust. Things happen in everyone's life. And your perspective is what really prolongs the suffering. It may hurt. Of course, there are hurtful things. We're all human. But the perspective really dictates how long the suffering will have. That's big girl talk. Yes. No, but you're, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. And one of the, one, so I talk about these five facets of this framework that I present in my book. One of the, one of the facets that is absolutely key to what you just said is I call it reframe. What I have learned to do. And the cool thing about this is the more you do it, the quicker you get at it and the more proficient you get at what I learned is what happened, whatever that is, a divorce, a death, a job, a health, whatever it is that happened that you didn't want to happen. And your thoughts and feelings and beliefs about it are two different things. And I talk about in my book, how we can think of what happened as a picture, a snapshot in time that can never change, but the feelings and thoughts and beliefs that we have around it can And most of the time, what we have done is we've married those two together. They're one and the same. They can't be separated. Once we're able to see that they're separate, we can then see that what we normally do is put a frame of thoughts and beliefs and feelings that are really negative. This is bad. This is terrible. This is horrible. Why did this have to happen? I'm always going to feel this way. When there are other thoughts that are just as true and just as right as those, but they make us feel uplifted and powerful and encouraged about the future. And so what I share in the facet of reframe, when we are able to separate what happened with our thoughts and feelings about it that are the initial ones that are usually negative, when we're able to separate those, we can change that frame around our picture. And that's what I was able to do. That car accident was only awful and terrible and limiting in my life if I decided it was. All my thoughts and beliefs were about the future that hadn't happened yet. Just like my abusive marriage, just like the death of my husband, right? All of those were in the future. My life was only going to be miserable going forward. And this was going to define me as this is as good as life gets if I let it. What if? What if I was able to find something good out of what happened? What if there was something positive that could come out of it, that I could learn from it, that could help me or that I could use to help others? All of a sudden, I have something to look forward to in the future that came from this purely because I was able to separate what happened with all my initial negative thoughts and beliefs about what that meant for the future when the future was so far away. I mean, my first traumatic loss was at 18. I had no idea fast forward how many years later, 12 years later, 15 years later, I would be running a company and raising these two beautiful daughters. 
but it was because I was able to separate what happened from those initial negative feelings and thoughts. So it was my perspective that changed. And I talk in the book about how that perspective changed. And these are little small things, right? I I mean, I give the disclaimer, I am not in the medical profession. I'm not in the psychological profession. I'm not in any of those. I'm just an average ordinary person who was blessed with the knowledge of this framework and to be able to share it with everybody else to make a difference in their life. Yeah. And I love the fact that you're, you define yourself as the average ordinary person because that sometimes we get so hooked on titles and, oh. and, and all of these degrees and all that because yeah. it means that, well, I can't do it because I've, I don't have all that she has. When you say, right. you know, I'm just a regular ordinary person and I have this. So oh, you are. So now that challenges us that, okay, well, then if she could do it, then I possibly could do it too. And I want to just talk about this reframing because I absolutely love it. I, yes. It's all about your perspective, right? Yes. But I think it is a, it, as simple as it does sound, it does require a degree of know-how because in order to be able to be able to say, hmm, this is how I feel. And to acknowledge your feelings, which is important to do, but then to say there could there be, and I love what if statements, could there be another way to look at this? Yes. Very challenging for a person to say when they're in the thick of it, right? What they call yes. the dark, the dark, what they call the dark night of the soul, right? Yes. The dark night of the soul. Uh, you, you, you know, we'll, we'll, we're using the example about the car accident, but it could be anything. It could be a death, a loss of a relationship, loss of a job. You know, it could be anything that causes you to be in this dark night of the soul and you're feeling the emotions. What has to happen? What is the thing that has to happen for a woman to say, but what if this happening was the catalyst for this. What has to happen? How can she make that switch? Yes. Yes, I talk about that. So the five facets of the framework are relive, reflect, reframe, reconnect, and release. And they're in no certain order. There's no specific timeline. There's no pattern. It's not a checklist, which is what makes this framework dynamic and that anyone can use it. What you're actually talking about right now, I talk about in the reflect stage, right? In the reflect facet. Can we reflect on what is it that I believe? Do mm. I believe this has ruined my life? Do I believe this is as good as it gets? Do I believe there is nothing beyond this? And if so, how did I come to those beliefs? Are any of these factually true? Or can any of these be proven? When I started to reflect on all of those thoughts that you just mentioned, what I realized was all of my thoughts had to do with the future that hasn't, hadn't even been decided yet, right? We think we have this crystal ball. We've already decided the future before the future ever happens. And so there's that piece of reflecting on what is it that I believe and how did I come to these beliefs? What I learned was my mind made them all up on no facts, no truth, on just this idea because we we have this negative bias thinking automatically, which protects us. But in this case, it doesn't protect us, it harms us, it keeps us trapped. Mm -hmm. When mm -hmm. we reflect on what is it that I actually believe, and it's a really good process to write those down, and I did. I believe my life is ruined. I believe this is as good as it's ever going to get. I believe no one will ever want me anymore. I believe. And then I started looking at why do I believe those? Where do these come from? Well, 
could there be something else is true? Could my life get better? Could I learn something? And that key of, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Well, how do I want to feel? Are these thoughts and beliefs keeping me trapped or are they helping me move forward in a way that I want to move forward? And that was a huge epiphany when I recognized that in essence, my mind had done all of this without me even knowing about it. Well, if my mind can do it unconsciously, can I do it consciously? And I learned I can. Once I was aware and realized, oh my gosh, all of this happened without me even knowing it. All of these thoughts. Can I replace those? And I talk in the book about how I learned that. I I, I come from the show me state in Missouri. And when you talk about and I and I say I'm an average person, my father never graduated from high school. He was an enlisted man in the Marine Corps. Um, my mother was a secretary to a principal. And I was in a family that you were going to go, we're going to get a job and you work from eight to five, and that was going to be your future. And in, in my world, it was you get married and you have a child and that's what you had to look forward to. So I had nothing or anyone encouraging me. But when I really started looking at where did all these thoughts and beliefs come from? How did I come to those? And I had this unbelievable moment of writing the number six on a piece of paper and happened to show it to someone who they saw a nine and I saw a six. What I recognize is there's more than one true or correct or factual way to see the exact same thing. Mm. And there's no right or wrong. Well, is there a true or right way to see the future? One makes me feel crummy and one makes me feel at least encouraged. And either one could be just as true or just as right. That was a huge change moment for me because it is true. If I'm going to decide the rest of my life, I'm going to live in these feelings of of anger or regret or blame or shame or whatever it is, or I decide, mm, wait a minute, is there a way to live with different feelings? There is. We have to be willing to recognize that there's something more just beyond where we currently are. Where we are is not the end. We still have more left to live. And we get to decide how we want to live it, not let what happened live us. We get to decide how we want to live what happened. Oh, my goodness. We absolutely do get to decide. So in that deciding of how we want to live, how we want to live, when you were talking, this popped in my head, this statement is that none of us knows conclusively what anything means no we we attach we attach meaning to it and the interesting thing is we attach meaning to it without conscious thought and in some of in some of my keynotes i actually leave an acrylic diamond on everyone's chair in front of everyone's seat it has no meaning to them at all they pick it up and they just look at it once we go through our discussion just that little diamond now has meaning, but only because they attached a meaning to it based on what they've heard. It can be the same thing with a rock. It can be the same thing with a pencil. It can be the same thing with a penny, right? Nothing really has meaning until we attach meaning to it. And so being more thoughtful and deliberate about what meaning have we attached to something. And I think the most difficult thing is our self-talk because we I think we are all born with the courage and the determination and the resilience and the perseverance that we need in order to be our best selves and in order to reach our highest potential. And I can prove it in an easy way as when we were babies, 
absent any type of disability or anything that would actually prevent us, we all learn to lift our head ups. We all learn to roll over. We all learn to crawl. We all learn to walk only because we kept trying. We were not successful the first, the second, the 10th, or the 50th time. We had all the resilience, the determination, the courage, the perseverance, everything we needed. But now our self-talk and everything we hear in the outside world starts to just bury us and make us really, really heavy. So when something happens in our life that we didn't want to happen, some unwanted change or loss, all that self-talk comes into play. We need to start talking to ourselves in a better way. No, we can do this. We can rise above this. We can learn from this. We can grow from this. We can reach our highest potential only because we've experienced this and we've learned from it and we've grown from it. And guess what? Now we can help bring others along with us. That's where we find that passion and that purpose for life. Absolutely. You've given us so much here. You In this time, our time together, you have given us so much. Um, I, I love this statement for anyone who is, who is at a point in their life where they feel like they just can't take it anymore. And, mm-hmm. and you said this and I wrote it down. I can't live like this yes. anymore. The this is important, right? Know yes. what this is. You said relive it. You know, and, and, and no particular, uh, uh, yes, relive it, reframe it, and I think release it and replace it. And I, yeah, so the, the facets again in order are relive it, and that's what we have to do initially with that shock and numbness or whatever happened that we weren't ready for. That reliving it helps our, our mind make sense of it and try and get our sea legs back. The problem is, and the challenge is, most of us get stuck there and we relive it because we talk about it over and over again, we think about it over and over again, and we do all the what ifs and if onlys. I mean, we literally will, if only I would have done this, that wouldn't have happened. If only I would have said this, that would, right? It doesn't matter in what space. The challenge is when we do that so much, we start to dig this mental rut in our mind and we get stuck there, almost like a tire that gets stuck in a groove in a road. But this framework helps us recognize that we're in a rut and gives us literally the process to get out of the rut. And one of the things I talk about in in release, it is not what most people think. Release is not about just let go what happened. That is such a fallacy in our society. There is no such thing or no way to let go of something that happened that is now a part of you. We're missing the most important piece of that phrase. What we need to let go of is the illusion of control of the outcome. Not what happened. We made a decision or a choice with the best information or the best that we could do at that time, at that moment. The outcome we have no control over when at least one other person is involved. We need to let go of that illusion of control and outcome and recognize we did the best we could do then. It may not have been our best yesterday and it may not be our best tomorrow, but on that day, in that moment, it was our best. The outcome, that illusion of control of an outcome keeps us in this blame and this shame and this guilt. So when I talk about release, I'm not talking about let it go. I'm talking about let go of that illusion of control of the outcome that you never had control over in the first place. And let's start putting that energy into things that we do have control over, like the future and our attitude and how what happened we are going to let impact us in a positive way, how we're going to learn from it, how we're going to grow from it, how we're going to lift each other up from it. We can do that as long as we're able to let go of that guilt and that blame and that shame, recognizing we never had control of the outcome in the first place. Ah, my 
goodness, for our listening audience right now, I really, really want this book for you. Move Forward Stronger, a dynamic framework to process change, loss, and grief. And I want to just say this. If you're not in this place in your life right now, good for you. Good for you. I I want to pat you on the back. I want to stand next to you so it rubs off on me. But if you're not in this place right now where this book will, will speak to you, there is someone in your circle who is. I would love to see this book become a book club topic. It's just that important. This process is just that impactful. I would love to have women come back on this show as part of their book club and discuss what they've learned and what they've used from this book. Because the focus of our show is women helping women. And I know, I know I I life coach and I know I talk and I don't just life coach women. So I know this is being impactful for men too. Um, But as a life coach, I can tell you that we all, at some point, we're in this phase where we're reliving a story, that rumination, we're reliving a story, we're telling it from so many different angles, and each angle is the same as the last angle. It paints you as the villain, it paints you as the victim, it paints you as never getting what you deserve out of life, and we keep, we're in a rut, we're in that rut, and there is another way to live. You're right, you don't need to live this way another moment. Another moment. Julia, I cannot tell you how happy I am to have had you on our show today. Tell us um, the book where we can get the book today. Yes. Yes. I also want to add, you are absolutely right. Not everybody is going to be in this place right now where they're struggling. But the cool thing about this framework is once you are familiar with it, you will have a loss or an unwanted change in your life in the future. This framework gives you the tools and equips you to be prepared when it does. So there is something in it for everyone, but the book is available everywhere books are sold. It's available right now uh, as a, an ebook, as well as a paperback on Amazon and in your favorite bookstore, wherever books are sold, you can access it. There will be um, a study guide that I'm working on right now to help some of these uh, book clubs work forward with this and give them that tool. So yes, please stay tuned. There will be more coming. Absolutely. And I thank you so much for the time that you've given this topic and for your what you are doing for your readers to help them move forward stronger in whatever stage of life that they are in with whatever they are encountering and helping each other move forward stronger because that's what this is about, right? And that's why I wrote it. It's how do we as a community lift each other up because everyone, everyone deserves to be able to move forward stronger and, and help each other with it. Yeah, we do. We do. So I want to thank you so much for being part of our for a part of our um, guest series and um, women helping women, this topic is important. We all deserve to move forward um, in our in our best energy, living our best and our most happiest life. I'm Dr. Drayvon James. This is everyday peace, wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. It's all in there. Uh, I want you to use it. I want you to use it to live your best life. You've come to this party called life to be happy and doggone it, you're going to do it. Until next time, I absolutely love you. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition 
and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.